the letter to the Hebrews. Again, just sort of reminder, we'll be in chapter 2 here. Um, this was written to the Jewish brothers, um, probably just a couple of years or so, maybe before the Rome came in and leveled the place. Uh, the Jewish believers were being persecuted, they had left Judaism to be follow the way. And they, I mean, they didn't realize, they didn't really, really want to sign up for persecution. So they were really wanting to bail uh, on following Jesus like that and go back to the old system and not face the persecution. And so the writer here is just very bold, obviously very adept to Judaism and thoroughly indoctrinated in it and knowing it. Uh, says, look, you can't grow up. You'll never mature. You'll never be all that you're supposed to be in the old system. Christ is superior. He's better than, uh, he is the revelation. He's a better revelation than the old covenant. He's better than the angels. He's better than Aaron. He's better than Moses. He made Moses. He's better than Aaron in that priesthood because he is the great high priest. His sacrifice is better than Lamb's and bulls because his blood takes away sin forever. So he brings all this in his letter to them. And here, after introducing uh, the son, and that he's better than the angels as well, he enters into just a, a, a slight pause to give these readers and the hearers of this letter the first warning. This is a shot across the bow. You better wake up because you, you need to know exactly what you're doing if you leave Jesus and the new covenant. And so that's where we really pick it up here in chapter 2. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest we drift away. For the words spoken through the angels prove steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness through signs and wonders, various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So this is a very <laughs> in-your-face statement to these people. He's, um, you know, how important it is to speak the truth in love. You know, uh, well, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, would you rather hurt someone's feelings or let them make shipwreck? You know, you can tell people the truth, as Jesus did, uh, without being mean. And even when Jesus was calling out the Pharisees and the hypocrites, he wasn't being mean, he was just being tr truthful. <laughs> you whitewashed sepulchers. <laughs> You're phony. Now, how people handle that, <laughs> it's totally up to them. But notice the words that he used here. More earnest heed. Now, more here means 
with abundance. Uh, yeah, earnest, um, the idea here is super abundantly. And, you know, to heed here isn't just um, hearing. It's, it's more than hearing. It actually carries the idea of hold your mind on this. S- center on this and focus. Now, you know, when you are raising children and, and some, you know, we love this. I love these parent-child relationship illustrations because God is parenting us, right? He's our father. He parents us, and, and we are like little people to him, right? And when you have something to say to your child that's very important, it's, I used to get this. I'll try to do this so that you, and maybe you had this done to you, so it's really easy for you to, to get it. The, the thumb and the index finger on the cheeks, on each side of the mouth, Nice little squeeze, kind of like a bit. Do I have your attention? Yes, you do. And, of course, uh, I knew it was really serious when the O-R-Y was added to my name. Instead of just Greg, it was Gregory. And I've got, they've got my full attention, not only because of my name, but They've got a hold of my face. And you are going to hear this. This is very important. That's really kind of what the, the writer's doing here. Do I have your attention? We must do this. There's no um, getting around this. Your mind must be fixed upon this. You need to pay attention. Because if you don't really pay attention, you're not going to understand that the steps that you are taking in the wrong direction will lead you astray. And that's, so you can see it's out of deep, a deep, tender love, just like a parent and a child. You only do that because it's so important. Little Johnny is going to make some serious mistakes if he doesn't pay attention. He's going to get hurt. He's going to suffer unnecessarily if he doesn't pay attention. We must give no option we must if we're going to succeed if we're going to receive everything that God has it's a must the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard now this is um, it's the, the usual word for hear akuo it's the, it, it, to hear with understanding now these people have heard with understanding that Jesus was the way the truth and the life. There's no option here. They knew, yeah, yeah, we get that. You know, you can almost see them nodding their heads. Okay, yeah, yeah. They heard the message. They heard it with understanding. And now he's laying it down. You mu- it must be heard with understanding. There must be that. If you really don't get it, then you're going to drift away. And this is not... Um, something that we're unfamiliar with, unfortunately. We see this all the time. And I think of in the ministry, the biggest disappoints that's the biggest disappointment of all. It doesn't matter if people leave, you know, they come to the church, they leave the church. I mean, people come, they tap in, they tap out. That's just church. People move, it happens. And that, you know, you love people, you get attached, you know, there's a little bit of sting there, but, you know, it's, we understand. But what's really hurtful is when people 
leave the Lord. When they backslide or they drift away. And, and, and you just know what's in store. Now, Westcott says of this, drift away. It's of, as of being swept along past the sure anchorage which is within reach. And that's the thing. When you begin to drift away, these people who, who are turning away from the faith, they don't realize that they could reach out again and get, what, get back on track. They could come back. They could stop the drifting at any moment in time if they chose to. But when you're in that state of mind, you, you're not aware. You know, um, this is how people make shipwreck. It isn't this sudden, you know, veer off course, crash right into the rocks. It's the drifting, slow, imperceptible, moving away, and you don't realize, oh my goodness, I'm in the rocks, I'm going to crash. That's usually how it happens. You know, anybody like the fish? You know, if you're... uh, that's very common to to drift fish, you know, just let the, you know, you've got uh, the current if you're in a river and you just sort of let the current take you. It's favorable to do that. You're able to work along the shoreline and all. Um, and, uh, and, and if it's just a slow pace, you uh, start at one place and then you don't really, you're not really paying attention to your drifting. You just, you're just, this is you're concentrating on catching those fish, right? You know, getting in where you need to get with your lure and all. And then when you realize that the drifting that you're heading in and the direction you're heading is no longer favorable, then you look up and you're like, whoa, we really went a long ways from where we started. And that's what happens. It's, it's so imperceptible when it's happening to you. Now, this past summer, uh, we were at the Billy Graham um, Training Center. Yes, thank you. And Tom Rain was there, and he's an author, and he's a a statistics-type guy, gathers the data. And one of the things that's been going on with the the whole COVID thing the last uh, year and a half or so, a little over a year at that point, but they had collected enough information to kind of see how the church was reacting and responding to this event. And if people were coming to church, uh, let's say 50% of the time, those people would now only be coming to church once a month. That seemed to be the pattern. And then if you're only coming once a month to the assembly of of God's people, uh, you weren't coming at all. And so that is the imperceptible drift that we're talking about. They've pulled in, as it were, the sail, and they're just running free and unaware that they're drifting away from what God has for them. It's really um, imperceptible. They don't realize what that their faith isn't as strong. They, they're still living in the past. It's sort of like uh, Samson, you know, when he awoke, he, he thought, hey, I'll do this other times. And then when he went to, he's, he's trying to pull from a vacuum. See, that's the thing about this whole thing that's so crucial to me. You, 
it's not something that we can just turn on and turn off. You have to be abiding. You have to be walking. You can't pull from a vacuum. You've got to, there's got to be something there. And the there is only there if you're there and you're involved and you're seeking and you want it and you desire it. I don't understand how people can be lukewarm. I think I understand what Jesus meant when he says, just be one way or the other, but not there. Because, you, you know, you just don't hear anything. You don't care. You're indifferent. If you're turned off and you're cold, well, that, he can work with that. Of course, he wants you to be full of zeal and on fire and, and just come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know, just really there and engage, engaging him regularly. It's hard to work with someone in the middle. They're self-satisfied. And see, that comes from actually creating a God within their, a person's own mind. Well, I, my God does this, or my God is this way. My God is so full of grace. We have a miss, and I think this is kind of present, and I'm not going to pick on denominations. I'll just pick on us, Calvary Chapel. We have a misunderstanding of grace, I think. Well, grace is given for the weakness of the flesh. It's giving, God gives us an immeasurable grace to make it through our sufferings and our pain. We have taken grace and we've turned it into an attribute that's free to us from God so that we can indulge the flesh. Oh, well, you know, we're all under grace, you know. I, I'm just, it's that presumptuous spirit. We can just ask, we can do this and then just ask for forgiveness later, you know. Well, you, you, you don't really do that with your children, do you? No. Well, why would you think God would allow us in his parenting to escape that? There's no escape for those kinds of attitudes. You're going you're gonna to get, and this is what he is driving to them, say, look, Look at the Old Covenant. Look how exacting Yahweh was in the Old Testament. I mean, if the priest stepped on a line, they're dead. You touch, the, you touch the Ark of the Covenant in an unprescribed manner, you're toast. I mean, that's exacting, would you not say? And in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, transgressions were penalized. Disobedience was penalized. Every transgression. God doesn't just, oh, well, all right, I'll let you slide this time. No. He's no respecter of persons. There's no skipping. There's no cheating, (laughs) right? So the word that's used here, it it means um, parabasis. Simply, it, it is stepping over the line. We're going to actually talk a little bit about this uh, at the end of 14 on Sunday. Gosh, I can hardly wait till chapter 15 comes along. <laughs> These disobediences are wearing me out, right? <sighs> uh, but it's the act of deviating from an established boundary or norm and in overstepping. You know, you, you're crossing a line here. You knew and you understand but you're going to do it anyway. Because, you know, it's what I want to do, and I know God will forgive me, and it'll be okay. Yeah. So this here, if you are not listening, this is, again, what he is saying. If you, were, if you will not listen, if you will not take heed, 
If you will not pay attention, then you will drift. That's what's going to happen. You can hear with your ears. You can hear the sound. You can hear the words. But the idea of hearing in the Old Testament is obedience. It's just, you know, if you really heed, if you really hear something, you're going to do it. Just like faith isn't about some intellectual consent to truth. It's doing the right thing. It's an act. It's a verb. So, boy, we have sort of... uh, We sort of don't interpret that in the Western culture like that, do we? It's like, well, you know, I know all all the stuff. And so we equate Bible knowledge to maturity. You know, that's why... When we graduate from Bible college, we know we, we are spiritually mature now <laughs> because we have studied the Bible. And now we know, we know a little bit of Greek and we know a little bit of Hebrew, so we're now spiritually mature. And now we can lead other peoples into a deep relationship with Jesus. <laughs> and the world is just waiting for us to get out of Bible college the whole time, you know. No, you know, knowledge of scriptures is important, but it's it's when it's put into practice. And as we're going to see here, if we think we are better than Jesus, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by what? By the things that he suffered. And so this whole word of faith issue that's gone through the church the last several decades, well, if you just had enough faith, you would not have to suffer. They are totally eradicating the very thing that God allows to happen in our lives to work his grace, truth, and spiritual maturity into our lives. Those people who embrace that, they think they're very spiritual because they can name it and they can claim it. They can, they have, you know, the evidence of their faith is their material wealth. Oh my goodness. You couldn't be further off. You couldn't have drifted How much further can you drift away from the truth, you know? You've arrived when you have your, you know, if you're a minister anyway, if you have your jet or your yacht or some other symbol of success. And I tell you what, I would hate to be in those shoes standing before the Lord come judgment day with that conviction that that was truth that was accurate so every transgression and disobedience received a just reward how shall we escape if we neglect not a not not something you want to do you're not going to escape can anybody can you Flee from God? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to hide? You know, David tells us about that all the time. You know, the idea of neglect, which we don't want to pass over, this is an important word, it's careless. That's really... (laughs) And so let's put it in, in, in real terms. And this is what the writer's doing. By turning away from Jesus, Jewish brothers... You, you could care less. You care more about your temporary safety and avoiding persecution than you do about being obedient to your Heavenly Father. You're more 
hooked in on the horizontal than you are the vertical. You're looking for the praise and acceptance of men rather than the praise and acceptance that comes from God only. And that really is a humbling thought when you think about it. It's easy for us to do that. It's easy for us to get horizontal and stay horizontal. It's because we get careless and God doesn't want us to do that. So we see that this revelation of verse 3 first began to be spoken by the Lord. So this revelation that he's talking about uh, in the first couple verses, Jesus was the perfect expression of God. He imaged the Father perfectly. And that's what he's trying to do with you and me. He's trying to get us to image the Father perfectly through love. And he began to illustrate who God was, our Father, at the beginning of his earthly ministry, probably before that, uh, with Mom and Dad and his poor brothers and sisters. Can you just hear his mom? Why can't you just be like Jesus? <laughs> That guy never makes any mistakes, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Jesus was the carpenter. Did he ever miscalculate a board length? I'll let you figure that one out. <laughs> Hit the wrong nail? <laughs> yeah. So the revelation of who God, the Father, that had never happened in history before. Moses had a great relationship, but the Israelites didn't see that. Nobody really caught the Father. Nobody's revealed the Father except the Lord Jesus. And it started with his earthly ministry. And then it continued on, as he says here, with the apostles. Confirmed by us, by those who heard him. And this, again, is heard with understanding. If you can hear something, but if you don't understand it, it's not going to happen in your life. You've got to understand. And what if you don't understand? What do you do? Because there's a lot of stuff you read in the Bible that, wow, I don't really know what that means. Well, you just tell God that. Lord, I don't know that. I don't understand that. So when are you coming back, Lord? And you don't expect an answer on that one. <laughs> right? They heard him. They heard with understanding. We should hear and hear with understanding. God also bearing witness with signs and wonders and various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Is God still doing this kind of thing today? Let me ask you this. Does he want to do this kind of thing? I think God does, and I think God is doing this thing. I think there's all kinds of signs and wonders happening if you're paying attention, if you're listening. Now, does he do them at the whim, our whims? No. And these people... Um, again, we have some extreme Pentecostals that this is what all of what ministry is about. You know, the people who seem to have the gift of healing and having these, you know, traveling ministries and, and bringing people in and filling the auditoriums and bringing, you know, just, why don't you go to the hospitals? Why don't you go to the streets? If you really have the gift of healing or do you have to do it so everyone can see? And you can use that then to raise funds for your ministry. I'm not saying that those healings aren't real. Some of them very well could be. But I think the Lord allows those things. Is even why he will allow false prophets 
to test the hearts. Are, are we going to always be loyal to the truth? Are we going to be loyal to Jesus no matter what? Are we going to look to men are we going to look to him? The, so when someone comes in and, and they're, there's, they're, there's a lot of a, uh, pizzazz, a big personality, and, and, and things seem to be happening, people can get really swept up into that. We've seen this. You know, sometimes that can be a test. Are we going to follow men? Or are we going to follow God? And I am in no way downplaying signs and wonders. I think there should be, that should be, happening in the church it's not the main focus christ is the focus always is and if it's done it should be done in a way when jesus did a miracle what was the response the people glorified god they weren't running up to jesus and well they would like to have tackled him i'm sure because they loved him but they were they glorified god the multitudes were like looking to heaven and so i think that's the pattern when when there's the presence of god people are drawn into into that yes god i think signs and wonders are important and i think miracles are important we need him like right now like yesterday now there is my wife and i had this conversation uh, this week, you know, we all go through pain, we all go through suffering, and we and and we have a general. And I'm not saying this is necessarily wrong uh, at all, but it's it's just the way we're sort of are. When we pray for people that are sick, we want them to be healed because we want them to be healthy. I mean, um, but what if God is using that in their lives to bring about a greater work in their heart? Uh, i.e. suffering builds builds that so i i think we in general we can pray that but you know what is god doing it you know god's will be done god's will be done he doesn't deprive us he, he doesn't give us a smooth road he allows pain and suffering i mean we've experienced it in our church people die it's very hurtful it's very gracious it's very, we grieve it's hard but God somehow uses that to bring about good. It's amazing how he does that. Look how it's drawn many of us closer. And that's a good thing. So, signs and wonders, miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, th- I want the, our church to operate in those gifts, don't you? Why not? Look, we need the supernatural to validate it's our witness. That's how this is our witness to the world that our God is the only true God. He's alive and well and he is ministering and meeting the needs of his people. And we should have faith to believe him for that. I would rather have someone step out and it not work than to step back afraid that they're going to fail. I lo- that's why we love Peter, don't we? The guy is impulsive, just impulsive. Lord, if that's you, let, tell me to come on the water. Let's really is that you really you. Well, come on. I just love this guy. Now the other guys, the other eleven, were like, not me, right? Don't you just? I think, 
I'd rather have a, a, a congregation full of impulsive people that make a few mistakes along the way than to just sit there like, not me, because what if I, you know, what do people think? I don't think Peter could care what the other guys thought. This was, that's pretty cool. Jesus is walking on the water. I'd like to try that. <laughs> so, the, the Lord uses certain things in your life. Like I, a number of years ago, I happened to be reading through Mark's gospel, and, and I saw those three things that, that the apostles did. You know, they, they, they went out and they preached the gospel, and they cast out demons, and they healed the sick. You know, I thought, you know, those are that's really, that's really what should be happening in the ministry. I mean, right? That's those who heard Jesus, and they, they were doing what Jesus did. And that's really what we should be doing. Would you agree? Well, no, it's just for pastors and elders and, well, maybe a deacon or two along the way. I think it's for the body of Christ. I think with what's going on in our culture, it's very scary. These, and, you know, I know there's people here, several people in our church have had the vaccination for whatever reason, and that's fine in that sense. There's no judging here. But we understand that some there's been a lot of vaccine injuries. Do you think there might be a great need in the body of Christ in the coming near future where the gift of healing is being exercised? If there's no antidote, there's nothing you can take to be healed from some of these injuries. But God is so kind. He's so merciful and gracious. I think there's gifts of healing that that are scattered throughout the body that those people, that gift needs to, to be recognized and people need to step out. So if the person is not healed, you prayed for them and nothing happened. Well, how do you know nothing happened? A lot of times the gifts happen and the results of the exercise of the gift are much later. I know a fellow that works in this arena regularly. God's used him to heal many over the years. And he he asks people when he prays for them, and this would be something that we could employ. I think everybody can employ this. When you pray for someone for healing, for example, you know, you anoint with oil, follow the scriptural protocol, right? Pray the prayer of faith, and then ask him, are you, are you sensing anything? thing in your body right now is there anything going on and if you are being prayed for and nothing is happening then say no but if something is happening you're feel free to say yes and then he'll work with people a few minutes and then he says give jesus a week you know sometimes maybe that's the best way for that healing to manifest is when nobody else is around so nobody gets caught up and nobody gets honored or glorified in what God did. Because he's jealous for his own glory, right? So, But I just think these gifts are so needed in the church today. I mean, I think the church has become a laughingstock in our nation. There's so many phony, phony, you know, professors of faith that really... I don't know. God help us. God help us. And notice the last phrase, and we'll go to prayer. 
according to his will. Well, that's a lack of faith. If, what do you mean, according? We already know it's God's will. By his stripes we're healed. Really? How do you know what God is doing in that person's life? The only way you're going to know is if you have the word of knowledge and he, he speaks it to you. Otherwise, don't act like you know it all. I have no problem saying, according to your will, Lord. When it comes to, to casting out a demon, well, we kind of know what that will is. That guy's a trespasser, an invader, and out you go in the name of Jesus. So those are certain areas that we, we know we have the authority given to us. And depending on how that gift of healing may work in your life, it's not the same for every person who's been used by God to heal people. So if God tells you to do something <laughs> that makes you uncomfortable, just go for it. You guys know some of the stories of, you know, when I was in Africa, that like, what am I, I mean, I remember saying in my mind, why am I doing this? I would never do this in America. <laughs> But these people don't care. You know, <laughs> I can't even talk their language. They don't understand what I'm saying anyway. You know, so um, Jesus did some weird things. You know, rubbing dirt in someone's eyes. Well, wait, hold on. He can't see. He'll never see it coming. No, I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why he would take dirt. Go wash. Okay. So, you know, that was odd. That's kind of weird, don't you think? Maybe you don't think it's weird. I think it's kind of strange. So be open is the encouragement here because God wants to do something. I think God wants to demonstrate his love. That's what this is. He's demonstrating his, his loving care for the body of Christ in the world. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, as we, uh, as a body of Christ, as our family prays, Lord, inspire us tonight, Lord. You know what needs to be lifted up. Inspire us, Lord, in Jesus' name. In a few minutes, I'll close this.